Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, number 18. Yes, <laughs> that is the, the number of Democratic viable presidential candidates uh, in this race. The Democrats have now exceeded the 17 who ran on the Republican side in 2016. And in case you don't remember, that was an unprecedented number of folks to deal with in terms of the debate stage, which needed to be split into two different debate stages, uh, much like the Democrats are going to have to do uh, this year and that the DNC said in June and July, at least, debates will take place over the course of two nights. So not a happy hour debate earlier in the evening and then a primetime debate. And everyone will draw straws, basically. It'll be a lottery as to who gets on which stage. So it's not necessarily just the heavyweight top-tier contenders on one debate stage and all the potential also-rans also uh, on the other debate stage. It's going to be a mix throughout a uh, random lottery. So it could prove quite beneficial to a lower-rung candidate and uh, perhaps not give us uh, as much one-on-one, two-on-two kind of comparison of the top-tier uh, contenders. But that being said, this is the most crowded field of viable contenders the Democratic Party has ever seen. And it is important when looking at the size of the field to remember something that almost every Republican operative working for a campaign not named Trump throughout the 2015-16 cycle kept saying part of their biggest frustration electorally was that the field was so big and so the vote was being sliced. And so Donald Trump, when he got that dedicated core of, of supporters inside the Republican primary electorate, he didn't really need to grow beyond that. That plurality was enough to get him the nomination uh, because the rest of the votes were being divided up by many candidates. And this is the whole notion of uh, Republicans who were trying to stop Trump, uh, whether at the beginning of the process or the end, the never Trumpers, whether or not everybody should have cleared out of the way and consolidated around one candidate. You may recall Scott Walker, uh, the former governor of Wisconsin, uh, when he bowed out of the race in, I think, late summer uh, 2015, he said it was his hope that people would sort of coalesce. He wanted to remove himself from that equation. Now, listen, he also was running out of money and his campaign was getting no traction. But I'm just saying uh, from an electoral perspective, one of the things he was citing is that he didn't want to be part of divvying up the field anymore. He wanted never Trumper side of the Republican Party to coalesce around one person. We all know the history. That didn't happen. But it raises the question about this time around. If Joe Biden is entering this race with 30 percent in the polls or 35 percent in the polls or 28 percent in the polls, may that be sufficient? You know, the, the Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders uh, win number as the two front runners coming into the race in the polls is lower than 50 percent which was what Bernie Sanders' win number was to try and take down Hillary Clinton because that was a one-on-one -on -one race for the most part. So the math is different when the field is this large, and that has real significant impact on the outcome. 
The 18th entrant into the race is Eric Swalwell, Democratic congressman from California, 38 years old. Once again, another 30-something running for president makes this 40-something question what he's done in his life, but that's another matter. A 38-year-old Democratic congressman who has been a very uh, constant presence on cable TV through his position on the House Intelligence Committee uh, vis-a-vis the Mueller probe, constantly sort of grabbing onto those daily headlines as a way to get known and be out there. But that is not the issue he's running on. The issue that he is putting front and center in his campaign, and he'll run on a lot of issues, obviously, is that of gun control. Eric Swalwell's first event as a presidential candidate will be near Parkland, Florida, with some survivors from that horrific school shooting last year. And he is going to put gun control front and center. George Stephanopoulos on Good Morning America this morning questioned him about how that position is going to play in some critical battleground states. Here's Eric Swalwell this morning. You also want to make gun control a big issue, proposing a mandatory buyback of of automatic weapons. Uh, When when people are asked which issue they care about the most, they always put guns near the bottom. The number one cause of death uh, for a black child in America today uh, is uh, gun violence. Uh, It's starting to, you know, rise to the top. And we saw, you know, after Parkland, uh, Americans are saying, I don't want my kids to have to live in fear because Washington does nothing. And nothing's going to change until we make that a top But are you concerned at all that a proposal like the buyback is going to cost you support, create a backlash in states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, states the Democrats need to win? You know, I'm, I'm telling folks... Keep your rifles, keep your shotguns, keep your pistols. We just want the most dangerous weapons out of the hands of the most dangerous people. And most gun owners believe that. Swalwell also went on to say that he is still working to retire his student debt, some $100,000 or so, and that he thinks student debt is going to be uh, an issue in this campaign like it's never been in any campaign before. And he was speaking from the perspective of somebody who's actually experiencing trying to retire uh, student debt. So uh, you can hear in both of those issues, Swalwell is uh, not only playing to a Democratic Party, you know, Democratic base electorate, primary voting electorate issue area that they care about, but also a key issue for young people. The gun control movement and the Democratic side, this has now been taken up by young people after Parkland in many ways. And the student debt issue is something that weighs on the minds of so many young people in the country. You, and here's this 38-year-old presidential candidate who's clearly making a big play to try and be the voice of America's youth and its next generation of leadership. Now, obviously, Pete Buttigieg has sort of been owning that space with a $7 million haul and a ton of buzz and a rise in the polls and is getting some real traction in the race. And we'll have to see if Eric Swalwell is capable of that. We don't know that yet. Um, But that's clearly uh, not a space that he's going to have entirely to himself, despite what he's laying out here. So Eric Swalwell in the race, the field grows to 18, and there are still six likely contenders to get into this race. Joe Biden, of course, being one of them, probably in the next couple weeks. But New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio seems serious about a run. Michael Bennett, the senator from Colorado, says as soon as he gets a clean bill of health on prostate cancer, he's going to run. You've got the Montana governor, Steve Bullock. You've got uh, the congressman from Massachusetts, uh, Seth Moulton. Uh, This field could very well 
get over 20. We could be in the 23, 24 range, perhaps. And I will just note that the debate rules are that it caps at 20. Only 20 get on that first debate stage, either one night or the other night, which means there, the DNC's rules are going to cut four or five people off at the knees without the oxygen of being part of that first debate, which will basically end their candidacy in that moment. So the winnowing will begin uh, shortly after the full field is in and all the heads are counted. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.